Hello and welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and my name is Luke Bailey. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna do like a bit. Oh, we doing this intro bit? Oh, dude, I think that's like our new thing. That's intro. like our couch gag. It's like, hi, welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and I spent the morning looking up hentai keyboards on AliExpress. Okay, I I, I was working, so great. <laughs> I don't have a joke to go in there. <laughs> For us still to be doing this gag in, in 20 years, so but we stretch it out for so long that it takes up the entire episode, and we therefore don't have to create new good content. I mean, eventually, this show will just be us introducing the show for 45 minutes, and then that's it. Dream. This week's Content Minds is about a topic that I've really wanted to talk about the US Army trying to use Twitch to recruit people, and the British Army trying to use Love Island to recruit people. Which I don't know anything about and I'm very excited to hear about. Uh, this wasn't part of the original episode, it wasn't on the plan. I've only just been able to add it to the rundown because it's, it's literally just happened as we're recording this. It's kind of still happening, so... We're going to get to that and so much more, including an idea that I've been working on called the Mountain Dew Gamer Military Industrial Complex. But first, Luke, you did that thing again where you're like, we have to talk about this that has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Please, can we talk about this? And it's something called eat out to help out yeah so um you know we're trying to put the british economy back up back on its feet after after all of this waves hand generally around um <laughs> and the the scheme that our prime minister and our, our chancellor came up with is a scheme called eat out to help out a phrase has now been repeatedly read into hansard so it's on the permanent record of parliament um the idea is that you you get £10 off a meal. So you get a half-price meal when you go to a restaurant up to a total value of £10. Mondays to Wednesdays and only in August. So, okay, hold on. So the meal has to be £10? No, so you can get half off a meal. So if you have a £10... No, hang on, must... You know, what, I'm explaining this, and it's just—it's such a complicated—it's such a complicated oh, wait, process. Wait, wait, wait. So, 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 so if, if if you're gonna spend twenty quid on a meal, you can get ten dollars off that. But if it's a thirty-pound meal, you still only get ten pounds off that. Yeah, exactly. So if you get a ten-pound meal, you get five pound off. If you get a twenty-pound meal, you get ten pound off. Thirty-pound meal, it's still ten pound off. And so, it's also per person. So if the two of you go <laughs> and you spend twenty-five between you, you can get two lots of. 10 off except one's gonna be less than that this is so why wouldn't they just be like why wouldn't they use a percentage like why wouldn't they just use a flat percentage that people but oh no i see because british people would then t- totally oh okay this basically they're like oh anti- alcohol is alcohol is not included in of this, course okay that's clear. what i was gonna say i feel yeah. like i feel like the relationship the british public has with your socialist nanny state <laughs> is hilarious because it definitely is the idea of a nanny state but not in the way that like american conservatives think about it but in the way of like what you would actually do to try to screw over your real nanny it's like constantly like okay 
they're going to give us uh, 10% off all meals if we eat out to help out. And so if we do the maths, I, uh, I bet we can figure out how to get the most for our 10% off. And then Parliament's like, no, 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 no. There is a limit. It is 10 pounds and alcohol is not included. Because all of you heathens were just like, go to Weatherspoons and buy nothing but alcohol for hours and then try to get like a percentage off of it. That's my... Yeah, just buy, buying like... Ruddles bitter for one pound sixty nine, <laughs> but like seven of them. But yeah, uh, it's also the nation that calls this thing, which was announced at the same time as a host of other like big deal things with billions of pounds attached to them. Um, but it's the one that got all the attention because obviously they called it "Eat Out to Help Out." But yeah, for thirteen days this August, you can get a mildly reduced meal. <laughs> okay, what's the over under on like? people involved with the eat out to help out campaign knowing that like eat out is 100% the, they they knew like they know 100% of course they know they have to right yeah i mean i guess like, that does bring up like the larger question of like does anyone in parliament eat pussy but like i don't want to ever think about that or have that sentence in my head ever again i mean boris johnson announced it so that's your image oh god um this has been luke and ryan explain british politics uh a segment uh that we do Whenever we feel like it, I hope you're looking forward to getting into Irish politics in a minute. <laughs> Wait, which obviously you know gonna... more, you know, you know more than I do because obviously you're, you're from Boston, and as I understand, that's the an Irish thing. You're more Irish than I am, so yeah, dude. Like everyone from where I'm from has an uncle who's been in the IRA, dude. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like... <laughs> Wait, are we going to be talking about Irish politics? Yes. Okay. Um, so in that sense, um, let's get into it. Before we go to the American side of this, Luke, can you explain very concisely for people who might not know, first off, what Love Island is? Love Island is The Bachelor, except everyone is The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. <laughs> it's um, it's like MOBA Bachelor. It's like League of Legends Bachelor, where every everyone is a playable character, and they're just like, it's like melee combat Bachelor. <laughs> Exactly. Everyone ends up in a couple. Everyone has to stay in the couple. And all the men look like they smell like creatine. And (laughs) (laughs) all the women are the same woman. Actually, all the women and all the men are the same people every time. I mean, because of like plastic surgery trends in the UK, which are way more extreme than America, I do think there will be an eventual season of Love Island where every single man is the same man and every single woman is legit the same woman. There were some twins in a series a while back. Uh, and then one of them got kicked out immediately, and the other one was in the entire thing. Why was, was why was she kicked out immediately? Ran out of men. What? What do you mean? Didn't ran? have didn't have, well, there weren't enough men for the women, so someone to get kicked out. Oh, that's right. Uh, the 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 basic uh, game mechanic of Love Island is like a um, musical chairs situation, but the musical chairs are like romantic partners, right? Yeah, precisely. It, it's it's all about who you're sitting on at any one time. <laughs> okay, so so how? How has Love Island been pulled into the military in the spirit industrial? Of eating, in the spirit of eating out to help out. <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So how does Love Island enter into the British military industrial complex? <laughs> okay, so um, the British Army has had a similar problem with the US Army uh, in that it's been struggling to recruit people for the last few years. Kind of all armies have a little bit. And the reason for that is kind of inevitable. And I imagine it's pretty similar to the the American reason, which is people, you know, you can't sell the army or the navy to someone on the premise that 
you can see the world because you can see the world now. It's easy. Right. It's a, it's a Ryanair flight away. It's like eleven quid. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna get shot for two years to 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 go to Genoa. Um, <laughs> not the real war in Genoa. Just you know, a random city. Um, right. The the UK army has kind of tried to shift what it's what it's doing with recruitment. One of the things it's trying to do is talk more to the idea of like positivity among millennials. It's identified among millennials and I guess Gen Z now, um, which will be many of the people involved, that the things that they're more into are body positivity, feminism, <laughs> being compassionate, all we, these sorts of things. We need more female drone operators, Luke. That's what liberalism is all about. <laughs> yes, exactly. So they one of their plans for this was they did a podcast. It's called The Locker. Uh, I listened to part of it today as, as research, as I do, you know, I do my research, obviously, for the yeah, show. Yeah, of course. Of heavily, course. Highly researched. Um, and Laura Whitmore was one of the guests on it. It's hosted by, uh, it's hosted by someone, I think a Metro writer, uh, then that she was on it with, Laura Whitmore was on it with a, a soldier who, and they were there to kind of discuss basically being a woman in a typically male, uh, dominated profession. Wait, and so Laura Whitmore is a Love Island contestant. She's a Love Island presenter. Okay. Uh, she's the new Love Island presenter. And she, yeah, she announced she was doing this podcast, which is, you know, all well and good. Uh, an important fact to bring in at this point is that Laura Whitmore is Irish. Okay. Uh, which so... is different than English. I want to I want to make that very clear. Oh. <laughs> yes, it is definitely. She is definitely not British. She is, <laughs> she is Irish, but she is doing a podcast for the British Army. Oh. Historically, you may or may not know, but oh. there are some tensions between those groups. Okay, um, can you just do like a tight one minute uh, summing up the whole thing for Americans? Because like, I've never heard of this. I'm absolutely not doing that. <laughs> I, with, with this accent, I just can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you do that? And can you just um, also just tell me which side you think was right? Um, uh, that would be great. Well, in the, all these conflicts, as always, the Irish Americans are correct. The Boston Irish really are the true winners of the the troubles. Yeah, baby. And, Boston, Everyone Massachusetts, all, Dropkick Murphys. Every, this is this where we kick into Macklemore's Irish song. You haven't heard the Macklemore Irish song, have you? I think I have. I've seen Macklemore live, first of all. Uh, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, Irish celebration. Oh, I have heard this song. Oh, yeah. It's some just top-notch what do you Irish think, content. What do you think Macklemore's doing right now? Really quickly, I want to check Macklemore's Instagram before you finish. Wait, hang on, hang on. You know Irish what? Troubles. You know, you know Holy what? You shit. know what? He has Macklem a mustache. Cool. Oh, so, man. Hold on. You want to see Macklemore's mustache? Check this out. This was posted 21 hours ago. Macklemore has a huge fucking mustache. What's he up to? Where's he? Oh, that is a good mustache. I don't know. He seems good, though. He seems happy. You know what? Actually, we should just, we should just rather than me describing the Irish troubles, I think we should let Malcolm will do it for us because we're just going to read out these few lines of lyrics because it's it, wait, it nails wait, it. hold on. Are you are you lying at me? Are like I'm going to read out. I'm going to read Malcolm out. Malcolm describe the Irish troubles in his song Irish Celebration. Yes, please he tell does. me that. No way. Okay, yeah, please. Yeah. Jesus, holy shit. When the English came, the colonizer came. They filled up bottles of gasoline, turned them into balls of flame, and hurled them to protect what uh, what's ours. Don't touch these lucky charms. That's it. I mean, I couldn't have written anything better myself, I think. Nails it. Nails he it. He nailed it. Okay, so. Anyway, back to the Lo podcast. Love we have an no, Irish. Wait, wait, wait. So Love Island presenter is Irish, and she is on a podcast talking to the a member of the UK Army. It is recruitment tool for the, for the, UK, for the British Army. This podcast. 
the podcast is a, is a, yeah, it's a recruitment tool. Whether or not you can you can like play it in a bunch of different ways, but it's been very much their approach over the last few years has been to make the army more about inclusivity and um, yeah, kind of like building people up rather than the kind of what it can offer you in terms of like a career or going to other countries and brutally oppressing people. Yeah, you know, it's they've, like they've, they've shifted. It's it's like the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts, but you. Occupy, people. Yeah, you occupy another country with force, but it, it, and sometimes and sometimes get oil. And, well, the oil is just that just happens to line up every single time. So, it's a for- fortunate coincidence, exactly. Okay, yeah. so ha- people were not happy about this podcast. Well, people were not happy about it. People were, people actually didn't particularly notice it because you know, it, the people who get angry about this are probably not also the people who are linked to it and i should make out here by the way the problem here isn't really laura Whitmore doing it like lots of people make mistakes there's no real reason why she should be um harassed about it which she is being um it is strange that the army is doing this and kind of using this this strategy um however she then did not make it a huge amount better by posting a john hume quote uh now john hume you may have heard about died the other day uh yes vaguely okay so John Hume was a um, SDLP leader and probably the man who's singularly most responsible for resolving the Irish troubles over 30 years. It was a, there are lots of people called you know political giants, but he was genuinely one of them. And he did it not through ideology or principle or, or sort of like hearing both sides out, but it very much through a concerted political effort. Of, that was co- complex and was hard, involved a lot of hard work and a lot of risk taking, um, but you know, truly incredible, and, and, and eventually resulted in the Good Friday Agreement. Yeah, yeah. So and, le- and let step. me and let me just read Macklemore's tribute to John Hume on Instagram. Um, so he's got. <laughs> okay, so, oh, so 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 Laura Whitmore posts the John Hume tribute online. Yes, yes. Okay, and then what? All hell breaks loose, or yeah, someone goes like, "Hey, it's super weird that kind of you have someone who is." Irish who's doing a podcast of the British Army while posting a John Hume quote, <laughs> quote, which also is kind of very against the John Hume thing. He wasn't a particularly like trite politician. Uh, it's not like a bad or quick quote. It's about a lot more than that, which is exactly what the quote's about. It's not about like some nebulous principle. Um, then at that point, some people start to get kind of like, hey, this is pretty weird. This isn't great. Uh, and... Fair you know, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a fight, and she basically jumps onto Twitter to defend herself and says, you know, uh, this is a podcast, it's a really important conversation for women and being female and all sorts of male dominant industries. Uh, Hume spent his life speaking out. It's not about one side better than the other. It's about respect for each other. It's not really the Hume principle. It's about a lot more than that. <laughs> now, someone responds to the to Laura Oakman's tweet there with, "If only more women soldiers have been sent into Northern Ireland." Oh God, Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Uh... Which, which is a joke. Yeah, and of course. To be clear, this person is sarcastic. However, no, no, Laurel... no, no. However, please don't have a however. No, no, Jesus. Did Laurel she... Whitmore's response to that is oh. every industry and body is bettered by equality and a balance of all sexes. X. So yeah, more. Uh... More female prison guards. I mean, there is a very similar thing happening here a couple weeks ago where Raytheon, which is a huge like arms manufacturer, defense yeah. contractor, yeah, they make missiles and shit. Um, they, <laughs> for pride, put out like a picture of like a gay missile 
programmer and was like, we are a happy employer of the LGBT community. And it was like, thank you, Raytheon. Go off, queen. And it's like, <laughs> obviously, sarcastically, because that is fucking psychotic. <laughs> but... Uh, well, this oh is boy. where this whole thing gets into kind of a, a messier situation, because the person, the, the company that uh, produced the podcast is an advertising agency called uh, Karma Rama or something. Okay. You know, kind of a pretty straightforward advertising agency. But they've been doing army stuff for a little while now. They've been kind of leading this transition to, hey, actually, we're going to stop being all about occupying. We're going to be about inclusivity and stuff. <laughs> so they have also done, they've also been quite heavily criticized for, um, at one pride for the army, they ran a campaign which involved giving out uh, rain, giving out rainbow camo paint. I mean, that's not even effective camouflage. Like, that's not going to help you. I mean, in fairness, is it pride? I mean, I guess you could help you blend in if you wanted to, like, invade pride a pride parade. Yeah, like, <laughs> sure. Well, yeah. I, I think this is going to be a theme of this whole episode, which is that the army is people, and many of those people deserve dignity and to enjoy what they enjoy and like what they like and care about what they care about. And um, this is sort of exactly the problem that the U.S. Army had with Twitch this month. Um, but it's not just the U.K. and it's not just the U.S. Um, are you familiar with PUBG? Do you, do you know about PUBG? Uh, yeah, the Fortnite precursor. Yeah, so so before we go over into like the big hullabaloo in America, um, I think this is a really interesting dynamic as well. So PUBG stands for Player Unknown Battleground. It's a game developed by Tencent, which is a Chinese tech conglomerate. Tencent isn't the CCP, but also the line between Tencent and the CCP is like very, 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 very thin, if there is one at all. And for a long time, there was tons of concern that PUBG was Chinese propaganda. Um, it was banned several times, I think, in India. Like, I think it was like banned, brought back, banned again, brought back. It was a hugely popular game. It still is a popular game. Yeah, it had its, it its lunch in a bit by Fortnite, which was had brighter colors and better gameplay. Right, exactly. And I thought this was a very... This is a headline from July 2020, so basically last month, and I think it's like an extremely cursed sentence that also sums up a lot of like modern problems all at once, which is Chinese version of PUBG, Game of Peace, to feature new Tesla Model 3 in gameplay. And Game of Peace... She's... Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Uh, Game of Peace is the Chinese version of PUBG, which basically quietly replaced PUBG in China a little while ago. And Game of Peace absolutely is People's Liberation Army propaganda. And is Wait, sorry, sorry. Uh, so, sorry, so PUBG is the CC... Well, they, they replicated PUBG for China and called it the Game of Peace. The best way I can sort of understand this is like PUBG outside of China is PUBG. Inside of China, the game is known as Game of Peace. It is made by the same people. It's kind of like a TikTok Douyin situation where TikTok is TikTok for the whole world, but inside the Great Firewall, it's Douyin. It's more or less the same, but with like tweaks to localize it for China. And Game of Peace has been heavily criticized for being just like 
full on CCP propaganda. So I think it's very interesting that Tesla thought it would be a great game to partner with last month. And this is like the ongoing problem with all of these things, which is that militaries have lots of money and then the military wants to spend that money and then you can make lots of money working with the military and that's it. I mean, you you remember America's Army from a few years ago. No, what's that? So this was probably mid-2000s. It was quite a well-known game. Um, Basically, the army just funded an entire video game that was just about how good the American Army was. Um, It was really fucked up. It did quite well and then everyone realized like just how much integration the military had but then the military is in the u.s has integration with everything do you know that ridiculous movie um battleship okay first off battleship fucking rules uh the spoiler alert the end of that movie is fucking insane because a bunch of world war ii veterans and rihanna get a hold of an original aircraft carrier from pearl harbor like the pearl harbor bombing get it into the water and then use that to kill the aliens yeah that movie rules that movie is straight up garbage nonsense i love it yeah and it was entirely funded by pretty much entirely funded by the u.s military dudes i mean so were all the transformers movies that's true and and this is sort of like this is now getting to the thing that i really wanted to talk about which is the mountain dew gamer military industrial complex and i think it's the funniest fucking thing in the whole world so i want to read you something that i found that i think is like unbelievable okay it's titled it's uh it's on e it's on the esports observer and we'll put a link to it in our show notes. Let me read this for you. PepsiCo's Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel has been named the official energy drink of Twitch Rivals, an esports tournament series featuring streamers and pro players. The brand is one of the first to support Twitch's competition as an official marketing partner alongside the US Army National Guard. In yesterday's NBA All-Star Showdown, both received logo placement on broadcast, with Amp Game Fuel also receiving product placement on the commentator's desk. Financial terms of the deal were not disclosed. An energy drink targeted specifically at gamers, Amp Game Fuel is partnered with teams including Team Solo Mid, Counter Logic Gaming, as well as major esports competitions such as Call of Duty League and the Mountain Dew League, an ESL Counter Strike Global Offensive division for amateur players. Okay, I'm gonna let that I'm is a- that is extremely like I know it's a, almost a cliche to say, but that's extremely idiocracy. It's like oh wait wait okay so then I found one more article. Why not just sponsor the army? They should just sponsor the army. No no wait it gets better though. Hold on because I like we're gonna I I I wish I could do like a fan cam of your face right now for everybody because okay. it's gonna be fucking sick. All right here we go. <clears throat> this is a second article from Esports Observer. Game streaming platform Twitch has announced a new marketing partnership for its esports competition brand Twitch Rivals. Doritos will join fellow PepsiCo brand Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel and the U.S. Army National Guard as an official marketing partner of Twitch Rivals. The partnership will begin with Twitch Rivals' $1 million charity tournament Twitch Rivals Super Games, which features professional athletes and streamers competing together in Fortnite. The finals for this event will take place on April 22nd. Twitch partnered with Doritos in 2018 during its annual convention TwitchCon for an invitational streamer Call of Duty Black Ops 4 tournament that featured Tyler Ninja... That featured Tyler Ninja Blevins, Jack Co-Rage Dunlap, Ben Dr. Lupo Lupo, and Michael Shroud Grezik. 
The company has been steadily growing its Twitch Rivals brand over the last several years, creating unique competitions that highlight streamers and influencers across a wide array of games. Yeah, sponsor, sp- Twitch is sponsored by Doritos, Mountain Dew, and the U.S. Army National Guard. Like that's, that makes a huge amount... Ma- it, it is insane that they are going for the same like branding. Like If I'm talking about the, the U.K. military wanting effectively having a, a target market and a, there's a load of people in, in horn rim in horn rim glasses and plaid shirts and shoreditch like thinking this stuff up. The fact that a similar thing has happened in the US, I assume in uh probably Greenpoint somewhere maybe. I, I'm not like <laughs> I, it's probably and, it's probably like a Williamsburg high rise that replaced Williamsburg one of my favorite, high rise. It's probably like one of those high rises that replaced one of my favorite nightclubs from two thousand like 11 and now it's like perfect yeah a bunch of people but, with like fordham degrees trying to figure out how to like get your doritos to convince you to go to afghanistan <laughs> yeah but it makes it like it makes sense if you're the doritos guy you're like oh twitch gamers like snack food that makes sense i just think that people people like oh people like Fortnite. therefore people like being in the army is a leap i don't know that feels like a leap that is not totally backed up by anyone that i know like none of those people you've read out ninja courage <laughs> i'm gonna wish i'm gonna pronounce like that because you've got a weird capital letter in the middle of it courage, dr yeah. lupo or shroud would be good in 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 the military and i don't think any of them would want to be because well, they make millions of dollars off their dorito sponsorship I while think... promoting again the <laughs> army i mean i think though there there is like something interesting here where all of our concepts of the military are extremely industrial age and they're all based on like, you know, the normal suspects like toxic masculinity and like capitalism and things like that. And they're all based around a certain kind of person. And that person is usually a man. And that person is usually a man who wants to kill people um, or at least help people kill people. Make people think that he wants, he's going to kill them. Yes, exactly. Uh, It's a, it's like a man who wants to carry a gun around. Uh, that's like the that's like the archetype of these of this person. But the problem is that in a like technological revolution where people who are like good at engineering or good at math or good at like STEM subjects, those people aren't really interested. It's I mean it is really interesting that the US Army and the British Army have taken the two opposite paths to this. The US Army are like, oh, the people who are still interested in being violent, we need to kind of double down on them. And the British Army's gone like, oh, no, what we need to do is offer a completely different sort of person this opportunity. Right. You know, the difference between like a gamer and like a drone pilot aren't huge. It's not, it's kind of terrifying to see the army like connect the dots this brazenly and be like, oh, you like Fortnite? Do you want to like come fly a drone for us? Yeah, maybe that's, it's the simplicity of the American approach to it is like, oh, these people have shot things. Oh, go, they will shoot other things. I mean, yeah. All of this brings us to the U.S. Army Twitch fiasco. So, Luke, like, how much have you been following about this? It's one of the things that I'm like, this sounds really bad based on the headlines and I'm not going to read it because I'm, I'm I, there are too many things. It's complicated. And in like a trick and like a typical American news story, it goes off in like nine different directions and ultimately results in nothing. So I, I had to put this together for a newsletter. I sent out a couple weeks ago, but it all started 
when Discord, which is a chat app for gamers, interacted with the U.S. Army eSports Twitter account, which up until that point, most people did not know existed. I did not know that the U.S. Army had an eSports team. I've been to like an Army band concert. Is that is that like the Harry Potter bands where it's, it's all themed and they... No, no, no. This is like a really, really technically talented group of soldiers play like very, very watered down versions of Bruno Mars's Uptown Funk. That's that's basically what it sounds like. That's cool. That's, that sounds fun for them. I mean, like, it's usually in the context of, like, a charity I'm at, and then there'll be, like, an army band, and they'll do, like, a Justin Timberlake song, and it's very good, but, like, completely soulless because they're playing at, like, the strictest level of, like, military precision kind of thing. So Discord, like, tweets out a thing. They start getting into a conversation with the esports, the U.S. Army esports Twitter account, and then the U.S. Army Esports Twitter account tweets, I think what is arguably the worst thing to tweet or worst thing to put on the internet, which is uwu. Yeah, it's one of those words which, like everything, it feels like everything had its moment of like when it was invented and then when it became embarrassing. And uwu's was like six and a half seconds. Yes, like it's uh, it's online. The the time it took for the first person to type it and then the first other person (laughs) to read it. Yeah, and they'd read it and like, oh, that's bad. (laughs) It's it's bad, and like everyone, I think, has kind of agreed that it's bad. Um, if you're not familiar, it's slang used by furries. And if you're not familiar with what furries are, they furries are people who typically dress up in giant animal costumes and sometimes have sex in them. Um, and even furries are like, ooh, ooh is bad. Ooh is, is embarrassing. Also, also, ooh is not good, ironically, which is the other thing that I think is important. It's it's not like you can, it's not like many of the other cringe things you can say and be like, oh, there's a vague, like, joke to this it's just like oh dude i don't do it that's like just don't go there like and and uwu is you w u and it's supposed to look like a face that's that's the it's, it's supposed to be like an emoticon so obviously that goes super viral everyone's really upset that the u.s army just tweeted uwu <laughs> like it's just sure just bad shit all around and then it gets worse because the 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 community manager i mean all of this shit is like so millennial that it's like hurting me because it's like, yeah, the, tw- the the Twitter social media manager for the U.S. Army's esports team decides to tweet out a photo of her cosplaying as the anime Attack on Titan. That's like the worst sentence that's ever come out of my mouth. And I say dumb shit all the fucking time. And that's one of the worst things I've ever said. It shouldn't. Yeah. No, no one should be forced to say those words. And yet here we are. So she writes hi, but she spells it H-A-I like Hi. I'm the social media manager for the U.S. Army esports team, and I am the... Also, okay, okay, I get them having an esports team, like, sure, like, there there are lots of different things that have an esports team, most Premier League football teams have esports teams, even the ones ones that are owned by uh, countries with really questionable human rights records. I don't understand why that esports team needs a social media manager. That's the bit that gets me. Like, is that a full-time job? There's someone whose job is like going... Maybe there's multiple people who's just like, you know, my job is a social media manager for uh, the Army's Twitch esports team. I mean, this is where things are about to get really complicated, like, for me to think about. Because like, I have members of my friends and my family who have served in the military. I don't... It's a really complicated decision, and like this is not the podcast for us to be breaking down whether no. or not it is moral to 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 do that. Also, like in the military, like you have a ton of fucking free time. That's like why everyone in the army is on TikTok because like there's just like fuck all to do at a base sometimes. And also, like psychologically, it is useful to like you know 
socialize with other people and have fun and blow off steam and like we're all human beings like i get it like you can like play video games and like anime and like i know a shitload of weebs and like otakus who have been in the army it's like there is definitely an otaku to army pipeline that's happening and i you know whatever like shit's complicated yeah video games actually seem like a pretty healthy leisure time pursuit and so the social media manager she tweets out i am the uwu lord which is also like okay that's pretty good like fine she seems like a nice person. She got completely slammed on Twitter. She like had to like make her account go dark. Ugh. Like she hasn't like used it in a while. And like it is it's tough that this always does end up going to like it's tough that it always ends up landing on the people involved rather than the systems that are making them do it, which is like the real problem. The fact that there is a a job for a social media manager on the US Army's Twitch esports team is like ridiculous and bad, and as a result of many, many things, not least the military industrial complex that's requiring a constant pipeline of young men to, and women to join it in order to fight and oppress uh, people in foreign countries. But it's not really the fault of the person who takes that job for a paycheck and health insurance. Wow, that was it. You did that. You did that really well, dude. That was really Thank good. <laughs> I also think it's important to point out that, like, of course, the target of all of the online abuse for a while in this story was the woman of color who's running the Twitter account. And like, I, of course. if you listen to the show, my friend Kate, who was on a couple episodes, you know, a couple weeks ago, she's a lifelong community manager. I, I have been a community manager. I think a, a lot of community managers are typically women who don't get any goddamn credit for the amount of like effort and work it takes to manage communities, even something as morally strange as the U S army esports team, you know, you can't separate those things. It's it's it all intersects and and it's unfortunate. I tried to reach out to her actually, not as like a mean thing. I just wanted to talk to her because I was super yeah. curious and I didn't get anything back, which makes sense. Um, I don't think she's probably going to be talking to anyone anytime soon. But it didn't. None of none of this story stopped there. It spilled over into Twitch and like all things in American politics right now, immediately became a battle for the first amendment because my country's brain is broken and everything is completely toxic now. Um, Luke, do you think I should be allowed to raid the comment section of the U S army's Twitch stream? Do you think that's in my first amendment right to do so? Everyone believes in limits to free speech. Essentially, there are very few free speech essentialists out there. Uh, and some of those limits are like, Hey, you shouldn't have the, right to abuse people and you don't have any right to abuse people on a private platform like you know it's it's not a public square and it doesn't really operate as a it's a it's a private company and whether or not you believe private companies should exist and therefore everything should be public there is a question of if you are if what you're doing is inhibiting other people then yeah probably not so the answer to that is like yeah it's your free speech right to do it it's also ever in twitches and the whoever's running the, the that channel's right to say yeah, fuck off. <laughs> I agree. I also want to point this out because I forgot. Um, a website called Ink Stick Media had a really good headline about this entire fiasco titled, I Want Uwu for the U.S. Army. Oh, that's... Yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah, really fucking good, right? Yeah, um, that's pretty good. So a bunch of like Gen Z kids started infiltrating the U.S. Army Esports Discord and the U.S. Army Esports Twitch chat. And they started competing in what they were calling the U.S. Army Esports Discord Server Ban Speed Run. 
Great. Yes. Good. This is the, no, this is the problem. It's always gamifies. Everything gets gamified. And the way that that would work is they would go onto the Discord server or in the Twitch chat, and then they would just link to the Wikipedia article listing American war crimes and see how fast they could get banned. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite good. Yeah. And that's what kicked off the whole free speech conversation because uh, Vice had a, a really good article interviewing a couple... Um, uh, lawyers who basically said, yeah, it might violate your First Amendment right. You should be able to tell the army that they committed war crimes in their Twitch chat because that's a sentence that we need to t- say out loud in 2020 because like everything is fucking gibberish now. I mean, this is the question, isn't it? Like, It's the kind of thing of if Twitch should be allowed to ban them, but the army shouldn't, but other users should. Like the army, the army should be a special case where they're not allowed to ban people because... You know, it's like the president isn't allowed to block people on Twitter. Right. And I, I, think, I don't think anyone ever actually followed that one through. I truly am unsure where the blocking thing went. I, I feel like no one's really decided on that. Like, I don't know if I even have an opinion on what the right answer is to that. Because, like, should politicians relinquish all community management rights online? Like, I don't know the answer to that question. And I don't know if that's even good for democracy because like... I just, I just think the reality is is that the president is in a different position to, let's say, AOC, who will absolutely get far higher amounts of like uh, targeted abuse. I, I suspect maybe even than Trump. Like I don't know. I'd love to see those numbers. But for her position in the US government, relatively, she'll mm. receive a vast amount of, of, of online abuse. And yeah, she should have to have community management rights. Is, that, is it just the president who loses those rights or should it be everyone? Yeah, like... Is it the president and then the branches of the U.S. military and they all lose the ability to manage their own communities online? And if so, like, you know, in a situation like this and as a thing we were just talking about, like the army is made of people and those people are like people who deserve to probably not, you know, get overloaded with abuse. It's a really complicated question. And especially. But but, but no, but here's where it actually comes around to the real thing, which is that the U.S. army should not be recruiting young people on Twitch. Like what we're arguing is that no, what we're arguing is that. The U.S. Army is that people have the free speech rights to respond to them, but the reality is, is that I don't think the U.S. Army's free speech right should extend to using Twitch. Because well, the, the army yeah. isn't a person; the army doesn't have free speech. If soldiers want to use Twitch on their own time, like fine, right? Well, but that's kind of the, the line here that I think we're in the wrong place on. I think no, you're and you're right. And uh, there's a really good piece uh, by left wing activist Jordan All, who kind of put all that in one place. Um, it's titled the U S army is using online gaming to recruit teens. He wrote it in the nation and it's a really good look at the whole story. And, and that's sort of the argument I think that is the strongest here, which is that, you know, I'm not a parent. Thank God for me and any child that I would have to take care of. But if that I, ha- you know, of a <laughs> way, Hey, hey. Um, but if, you know, if I had a kid and you know, nine or 10 year old and they're on Twitch, like every other 10 year old is right now, I shouldn't have to worry about them being recruited by the U.S. military. Like, I shouldn't no. have to worry about that. Um, well, it was just that thing you were just saying earlier about, like, hey, does the army give a right to community management? And the answer is, like, well, who the fuck is the army's community? Right. I mean, like, that's a good like, point. Why does the army have a community? The army's community is, you know, I assume soldiers who exist within the army. And they're like, fine, if they want to have a Twitch, a private Twitch thing where they all meet and you can play other people from the army, like, yeah, no reason why not. But the idea they have a public-facing community is, Bullshit. I mean, there's literally no argument for a public-facing 
army presence on the internet that can be separated from propaganda. There's no, like you can say all day long, like it's great for the soldiers to like stream on Twitch and like interact with each other. And it's like, okay, you have unlimited money, build your own internal live stream server and let people play together. You don't need to put it on Twitch. I don't need to see it. Agreed. Yeah. If if we're saying that, then all, all, yeah, all army things, all army. Yeah. It's all propaganda. Several days into the the Twitch army conversation, AOC introduced a measure that would try to stop the military from recruiting on Twitch. AOC said, children should not be targeted in general for many marketing purposes. Right now, currently, children on platforms such as Twitch are bombarded with banner ads linked to recruitment sign-up forms that can be submitted by children as young as 12 years old. These are not education outreach programs for the military. I mean, that is completely insane to me. That like yeah, that's batshit. I don't use Twitch enough to, and I also have an ad blocker, so like I have not seen these, but like that's totally insane that you, as a twelve-year-old, can sign up to like learn more about the U.S. Army. That's yeah, it is. And then sadly, uh, at the end of this entire story, the amendment was voted down. Of course, it was. Did it lose in the House? Yes, the U.S. House voted down the amendment. It would have stopped the military from maintaining a presence on Twitch. Or any video game, esports, or live streaming platform. So it's it's kind of like the exact thing you were saying. 126 Democrats voted for the amendment. 103 Democrats and 188 Republicans and one Independent voted against it. Yeah, that's a lot of Democrats voting against that as well. Well, I mean, I'm probably the first person to point yeah. this out, but the U.S. Democratic Party is not great. Interesting. Yeah, uh, um, that's the first I'm hearing of this. Yes. Uh, turns out I, I was I was I was on Wikipedia earlier today and I was like, wait a minute. I feel like this party does not have the interests of the American voter at heart. <laughs> so we are still stuck in a world where the U.S. military can prey on our children and team up with Doritos and Mountain Dew to convince us to occupy foreign cities using Fortnite. If they're gonna do it, they, if they're gonna do it, they might as well get well paid for it by Doritos and PepsiCo. Which actually is PepsiCo. Is Doritos not a PepsiCo no, brand? No, uh, no, it is. Uh, it is right. Okay, that's why you can have the incredible integration of the Doritos Locos Taco at Taco Bell because Taco Bell course, is also owned by Yum Brands who own PepsiCo. So that's that's actually why monopolies are good because you can get the Doritos Locos Taco. I mean, that is a strong argument. Hey. I've, ne- I've never had it. I Really? We don't, have, we don't have Taco Bell there, do we? You do. You have two. I mapped them out for you once and we were almost going to go to Essex to try it, but then we didn't. I assume we were hungover. I was. I w- that's yeah. actually exactly <laughs> what happened. We we made a whole plan at the pub, and then we woke up, and we were too hungover to go to right, Taco that Bell. That sounds right. That sounds right. I mean, okay, look, if we're going to let the army, if we think the army shouldn't be on Twitch, but we're going to let them have video games, <laughs> yeah, it feels like we shouldn't let them have all video games. Like, you know, they don't want to, why would they want to play Counter-Strike? They're out doing that all day. So we should oh. give them all the video games. So what video games should the army be allowed to play? <laughs> I see. So you think that because the army is doing like real life fighting that they shouldn't be allowed to play like first person shooters or like Fortnite style games or any of that. So you have to play a different yeah. type of game. Yeah, exactly. Easy. Japanese dating simulators only. The U.S. Army That's can, good. The, yes. the U.S. Army can only recruit via Japanese dating simulators. 
Which that's strong. I mean, based on the like activity I'm seeing on the U.S. Army esports Twitter account, like I don't think it's like a huge stretch to ask American service members to start using Japanese dating simulators and only Japanese dating simulators. <laughs> They're like, oh, finally, I don't have to play Counter Strike anymore. I can just focus on my Hato full boyfriend simulator. I'm gonna I'm gonna add to the mix, uh, football manager. Wait, uh, what's football manager? Well, it's it's like FIFA, but you don't play the actual football; <laughs> you just manage the team. And just what I know, thought, just what I thought, the depths of like the grimness of being a British sports fan like couldn't go any lower. The idea well, that you guys have like roller coaster tycoon for the manager of the football team is just like, well, like unreal. 15, 20, 15, 20 years ago, it was basically <laughs> you look at your players, you buy players for money, put them in a pitch, and then you're like. You lost, you won. And it was like quick, quick. And now it's got so like insanely deep that it's essentially just working a load of spreadsheets. <laughs> it's like really, really complicated. And you're like, you're setting like, you know, hour by hour training sessions and people's diet and stuff. So you can often, you know, if you start what? a game, it takes you like, could, like, it takes what like food your fake football men eat. You can pick everything and like who they're training with and what sort of training they're doing and how that's improved their, oh, their training and like their condition of like, and it's, it's, it's absolutely insane the like extent of of essentially working in spreadsheets you do for this game. So I think the U.S. Army should be allowed to play that because I think it will calm them down. I mean, all men need therapy, and all British men definitely need therapy. But all British football fans seriously need therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to a segment we do every week. This is a nice little wind down, uh, a little aperitif. Um, it's called The Content You Consume to Stay Sane. So, Luke, what content have you been consuming to stay sane this week? Uh, I've been reading a book by uh, Kyle Solberg about uh, Hubert Humphrey. <sighs> okay. Who is Hubert Humphrey? And He's what... a liberal, liberal senator from the 50s and 60s, tried to become president like three times and failed every time. Wait, he's the for- he was a former vice president. He was Lyndon Johnson's vice president. Oh, for God's sakes! <laughs> uh, if you're not familiar with the show and this is your first episode, um, listen back to a bunch of them because you're going to hear a very long process of Luke becoming slowly more and more obsessed with the biographies of Lyndon B. Johnson. So, what's like a cool Hubert Humphrey fact? I mean, not that he's an American citizen. None of them have cool hum- facts. Like they're, they're, what's like a oh, cool? Okay. All right. What's All a right, cool, cool? Like, give me like a give me a Huey Humphrey fact I can drop at my next party in 2025 when I have finally see other people again. The cool Hubert Humphrey moment is in 1948 when, as the mayor of Minneapolis, he goes to the Democratic convention and gives a speech, an eight-minute speech, which entirely flips the Democratic platform on civil rights, which is a cool thing to do. That is a cool fact. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's a good speech. Okay. All right. So, what is the content you're consuming today, saying? I just last night finished the second season of Umbrella Academy. Okay. How is Umbrella Academy? Because I've seen a lot of people talk about it, and I have not even start, looked at watching it. So, I read the I read the first arc of the comic years ago, and the comic is wild because it's written by Gerard Way, um, of My right. Chemical Romance fame. And it's really good. It's kind of like if the Royal Tenenbaums were the X-Men. And it's like very steampunky and weird and very like atomic age. Cool. The first season is not great. 
it's just like it's rocky. Uh, it's the best way I kind of put it. Like the characters are fun and like some of it's good, but some of it's just like really, really weak. The second season though is goddamn mind blowing. It's so good. It's like, really, it, yeah. It's like it's really, really good. It. It, it kind of has given up on trying to be a superhero show or even a commentary about a superhero show and is more doing a thing that I think is like a better idea, which is using the idea of superheroes as a launch pad to get into like full other sci-fi stuff. And then if you took away all the sci-fi stuff, I think I would still watch it because like the characters are just really good. The guy from Misfits, the original like Irish guy from Misfits, he's in it. Yep. He's fantastic. He plays Klaus and Tom Hopper's in it. And he's very good too. Um, it's just a good, it's a good ass show. Cool. Yep. It's an eye. That's been the most exciting thing that's happened to me all week. Is that I finished it? I finished a TV show. <laughs> thank you guys uh, for listening this week, and thank you for those of you who have signed up for our Patreon. It really, really means a lot. It's a, it's a big deal. Uh, I think Luke and I have decided on what we're going to be doing for our exclusive episodes. Uh, starting very soon, we're going to be launching a film club. Uh, we're going to be technically for us relaunching the podcast that we never got off the ground in the first place. The which, which had a really good name, which we never used, which was a shame. We're going to use it. So oh, you use it. The second podcast is going to have a different name. Great. Yeah. Okay. So if you uh, become a Patreon supporter, you will get access to post post credit scene, a uh, a smaller podcast than this one i i basically i I assume it will just devolve into us fighting about different movies um but we're gonna start i think we should start with the dc universe and we should go through those movies and just like duke it out i'm down for that i dceu i've watched all the marvel movies on numerous times but the dc i've i've skipped about i haven't seen them all oh you've never seen like there's one or two i haven't seen batman versus superman no i think i've seen that one okay that one's like pretty bad i mean justice I league i've seen that but i've seen that but not justice league i think but i've seen aquaman aquaman i was drunk on a plane when i watched it which would explain why i liked Sa- it save it for the podcast man we can't give all our content away <laughs> i will just say i cried very hard at the end um which i did not think was going to happen to me and I had had a lot of champagne, but not like so much champagne that I was coming from nowhere. You know what I mean? Like it was based yeah. on something real that Aquaman hit inside of me. So, uh, stay- at some point, at some point, we're also going to do a Game of Thrones season eight. Oh God, Jesus! A year on, what do we think? Should we start with? Should we? No, I don't want to. St- I don't want to start with Game of Thrones. I, I am not ready to do it yet. I'm, I'm not ready to okay. go back. We'll, that we'll, we'll build up. We'll, we'll build okay. up to it. So yeah, uh, stay tuned for that. Follow us on Patreon. Um, I'll see. What we'll do it. We'll do it when Winds of Winter comes out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In, <laughs> in 2030, when it's released posthumously, co-written by Neil Gaiman. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, head on over to our Patreon. Uh, keep your eye out for those episodes dropping very soon. Thank you all for uh, chipping in. Um, and obviously. If you don't want to throw in any money, that's cool too. You can use our Patreon though to check out show notes for every episode. They're all right there. Uh, and also just like feel, if there's anything on the show that you like want a link to or figure out more about, uh, shoot me a message. I have no problem talking to strangers on the internet. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, thank you guys. Luke, you, uh, you have anything you want to tell everyone before you leave? Thanks for signing up those people who have. No, like anything like fun, you know. Oh, no. You have like a fun last word? No. Ooh-woo. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm.